0: Lord, we thank you for allowing us in your presence this evening. Father, tonight I would like to speak on the fourth church in the book of Revelation, in chapter 2, dear Lord, it's in verses 18 to 29. Last night, dear Lord, we we spoke on the third church. Just to recap that, it's an interesting one because it's a church that's speaking of understanding. In other words, they're they're located in the place where satan dwells pergamum and dear lord it's it was a place where they very much it was a educational center of the way of the world they had a library there that rivaled the one in alexandria egypt in their day but dear lord it was the people there also kept the thing of the way of balaam and dear lord it's um Interesting because Balaam is one where they'll hear you and they'll do what you say, but they're going to twist it any way they can to make a profit out of it because they're looking to benefit themselves. That's the way of Balaam. And so doing, they cause others to stumble because those of the world who do not have the way of your words cannot speak your words with power and authority. Even though they preach the scriptures and preach the books and you know, even prophesy in your name and heal people in your name in the day of judgment, the law, the right to the law will be taken from them. That's the way the Balaam and they'll be destroyed, as Balaam was destroyed. So it's it's very much like that. And it was a place where even it's um, a place that's called the snake of old, because even you, Lord, say it's a place where Satan dwells. And it's that kind of doctrine. If we have that doctrine where we're we want to use you and your ministry, dear Lord, the work of this, to profit from it, like the world is doing, even the world system has based their law upon a derivative, a uh, just an abomination of your law. They they took writings from Saint Thomas Aquinas and they they wrote the Admiralty law around this basis, which is twisting it. They made a divinity law that. They set themselves apart as living beings and they justify that everybody else is wicked and they are not and therefore they are the ones that have entitlement and all the other people are to them sinners and counted as living dead, which is what we are. That's what they call us. So the elite consider themselves to be believers like Balaam and what they do is they consider us to be sinners and therefore they can do whatever they want to us. They can cheat us. They can steal from us. They can kill us. They can uh, put laws on us that they don't have any part of, and they can lie to us whenever they want, and that's what the Congress of the United States did in the 2000s. They wrote it into law that they don't have to tell us the truth. What's the good for the state? Well, the good for the state is they they serve the Crown Trust. They're owned by the Crown Trust, so yes, they're... They're serving the crown trust, and it's good for the crown, but it's not good for us. It's not good for the crown of the Lord either. And that's why he's taking all authority from them at this time. Anybody that follows them or tries to deal with them are dishonoring themselves before God because it's shameful in this day to to deal with the leaders of the world in the morning of the day of the Lord when we are required to come out from them, as it says in Joel 2, 12 to 20, and John, uh, uh, John 17, 17. John 17, 17 to 19. Okay, that's Pergamum. Pergamon is uh, a place. It's interesting, too, that the name is Pergamum. is it has a weird twist to the name, but it basically means married. And it's true. It represents this the understanding that we have. And we're married to our understanding. Whatever we understand is what we do. If we don't have knowledge and words of wisdom of God... If we don't have the knowledge of the words of wisdom of God, the knowledge of the holy, we will not have understanding. We will have understanding of the way of the world and we will do like Balaam. We'll make do with what we have and believe that that's okay, which is the failure of the lukewarm church. The lukewarm church should have learned by all the ways of the first six churches of the teachings of you in these churches of what we should live like and how we should learn. And we should not make the mistake, but the lukewarm church was neither hot nor cold. And so you, you say you're going to cast them out just like you do to the prophets, the healers, and those who cast out demons who called upon your name in Matthew seven twenty one to 23 at the time of judgment. They'll be cast out because you never they never knew you. Well, that's the, the work of Pergamon. That's the the failure of Pergamon. Now, it's interesting. The next church is the church of Thyatira, Thyatira it's a church that some say the name means perfume or sacrifice of labor and that isn't what a lot of others bring that name to mean but it it it's kind of um it is because it's the way of the council lord this is the fourth church it has to do with the way of the fourth spirit of god now there's a way of understanding that these churches are all related to the spirits of god and that is the lord chose seven churches all of them were located in the area that's called lydia l y d i a it used to be called lud or ludum but it's called lydium and it means lud means the almond tree or the bender and that's what it is the council of the lord they try to bend your laws. They're trying to cause it, to make up laws. The world system is trying to make up laws that enable them to overcome you, Lord. They're trying to take your place. That's why they have the, the pyramid on the dollar bills with the 13 layers of bricks. When In Job, we learn that the firmament is a cast iron, meaning it's all cast in one piece. It's like a cast iron mirror. It's all one piece. It's like a bell, you can say, but it's like a fork, four-sided bell and you're at the top the capstone at the top the and nothing holds it in the bottom because the bottom is is empty there, there's just cloud there then they could fall right through it it's empty below the, the world it falls out into the pit but all that is of you will go up all that is of the wicked will go down they'll go down to the prison of shoal in the deep or they'll go into the prison of death it's in the abyss and later on, they'll go into the prison of the second death, which is also called Gienna or the lake of fire. So that's kind of like the way that is. Now, fourth spirit, Thyatira, is relating to the fourth spirit of God, which is the counsel of the Lord. It's the judgment. So this is the judgment um, church. In other words, this is specifically, we're going to be judged if we have not kept away the of the Lord, we've not heard you, we've not sought your words of wisdom and not increased in understanding, you will not give us good counsel. I mean, you're giving us counsel to guide us until the point in time. But there's a point in time where you're going to take the light away because the fourth spirit has, this, it's, it's like the fourth day of creation with the firmament, the lights are in the firmament, they judge us, they rule over us. And it's those words that we're going to be judged by. John twelve forty eight. So Thyatira, this fourth church, has to do with judgment. That's why it says that it's like a perfume or like a sacrifice of labor. If we have not heard you and have not become doers of your words, then we are not going to be found worthy to be set apart into your kingdom at the separation judgment when it comes suddenly upon all of us on the earth. We'll be shocked to be cast out and punished with the wicked. We're going to be set aside from your land. we are going to be moved to where you want us to be to be punished. So this fourth church we should listen to. Now let's read it. It says, And the angel of the church of Thyatira write, These things says the Son of God, who has eyes like a flame of fire and his feet like fine brass. Remember how he's coming in Zephaniah 3.8. He's coming with fire. I know your works, love, your service, your faith, and your patience, as, and as for your works, the last are more than the first. Nevertheless, I have a few things against you because you allow that woman Jezebel who calls herself a prophetess to teach and seduce my servants to commit sexual immorality and eat things sacrificed to idols. And I gave her time to repent of her sexual immorality and she did not repent. And indeed, I will cast her into the sickbed and those who commit adultery with her into great tribulation unless they repent of their deeds. I will kill her children with death. That's the plague of God that's coming. And when he says kill, it's like, and the plagues are going to be so severe, it would be like, and you're dead. It's like Job. It was like, he was like a dead man, is what he was saying. And that's the plagues that was on him. He his bones were withering and so forth. His skin had all those boils all over his body. And he talked about his bones being of great pain. It's because they're withering. God's going to do that with the people at this time. That's called the plague of Tsara, the plague of death that's coming. That's the fourth plague. It's The way of the fourth council, which is the way of this fourth church. He says, "Indeed, I will cast her into a sick bed, and those who commit adultery with her into great tribulation, unless they repent of their deeds." Which is exactly what he's saying in Revelation eighteen one to four. We will share in her sins, and we're going to share in the plagues that God is going to bring upon her. And who is this prophetess? See, the Lord—I mean, the ruler of the um, House of England—is the Roman the Holy Roman Empress of this time, and she's over the Church of England, over the Protestant Church. She rules over the Vatican. She rules over uh, Islam. She rules over all of them. She controls the treasuries of all the nations, and all the nation's leaders have signed the Law of the Sea Treaty, giving her ownership of all the seas and of control of all the corporations of which they've enabled listed their nations as corporations under her. So all of them are under Jezebel, who is the Holy Roman Empress, which is Queen Elizabeth II of England. And all the people who serve her, the Rothschilds, the Sieg the family, all these families that serve her are of this. And the Vatican is one of the 13 major. There's seven big families. There's two really big ones. Then there's the seven, which includes the first two. And then there's the 13, which includes the first seven, which includes the first two. They have ranks in there. I've sat in meetings where this was obviously done. I mean, it was obvious how they were negotiating. It was obviously that the second five families had to negotiate with the Crown Trust for the purpose of the others, which included the Vatican, which was of the 13, but not of the seven. In other words, there's the first two, and then there's another five, which are high-ranking families and royals, certain royals, and then there's the 13. Outside of that, those families. There's five rich families, let's put it that way, that are, you got the first two, which is the queen and Rothschild, and then there's five families, and then you got four royals, and you also have um, the Vatican and two other families. See, there's 13 in total. Those make up the heart of the crown trust, and then you have 300 and some merchant, great merchants, they call them. There's the Jewish 50 and some others, and those that call themselves Jewish 50, not all of them are Jewish, They just claim to be Jewish. They take the Orthodox creed and they set themselves apart. But they are really setting themselves apart, not in the Orthodox creed. They're setting themselves apart in the no covenant, the new religion that the Club of Rome has come up with that we don't know about yet, that they are implementing. They have implemented among themselves this thing. That's the Jezebel. So the prophets of Baal, they're, they're, you know, it's totally created religion is what it's doing it's going to replace uh, muslim islamic faith it's going to replace christianity and all of that that's what he's talking about that's why the lord is speaking against her in this fourth spirit which is the fourth church which is the council of the lord and remember what the meaning of lydia is the almond tree why god picked this area i believe lydia and these churches is because the almond tree represents the the meaning that god is ready to perform his word he was always ready during this whole time of the 2,000 years since, since the cross to perform his word if we would have turned to him and heard him, but we wouldn't do it. He kept telling us to receive the words of wisdom that we do not know, come to the knowledge of truth, especially in these last 12, 14 years. He's been calling us out strongly since the words were open. We had no excuse. We were supposed to be ready to receive the knowledge of the words. He told us in Daniel twelve, four, at the time of the end, the words would be open and knowledge shall increase. But we weren't ready to receive the words just like the house of Israel wasn't ready to receive the words when the Lord sent Jesus on his mission trip, his three and a half years of ministry. They weren't ready. Even when he came at 12 years old in the temple and was speaking. They would have heard him and realized that the Messiah is coming to speak the words of God, just like foretold in Deuteronomy 18, 18 to 19. They should have been ready. They were not ready. We're not ready. We have refused to receive the knowledge of his words. Now, remember, he says he's going to kill her children with death. What did he say in Hosea 4, 6? My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge, and I will forget her children. That's terrible. He said, in verse 23, I will kill her children with death, which is the plagues, and all the churches shall know that I am he who searches the minds and the hearts. That's Hosea 4.6. We're going to... Or 4.12. I mean, excuse me, Hebrews 4.12. We're going to be judged by his words. John 12.48. How do the words judge? They read the intent of the heart. They read the, the way of the soul, the works that we've done. They know if we have a heart to hear him and we're really seeking to learn his words. And if we will hear his words and believe there are words, that's enough. If we will just turn and ask him, he will pour out his spirit upon us and sanctify us. And then we'll be able to call the sacred assembly, gather together, and the Father will hear us. Us. He will not hear us. He said, we are not of him if we will not hear his words in John eight forty seven, He says in John 14, 23 to 44, we don't love him if we will not hear his words. And here he's telling us in John five twenty four, he told us that if we hear the words of the voice of the Lord and believe in the, in the Father, then we'll, we'll have everlasting life and pass through these judgments. This is what we're saying at this time. They're all the same statements, just said in different ways. He says, and all the churches shall know. Let me go. All the churches shall know that I am He who searches the minds and the hearts, and I will give to each one of you according to your works. And say, Oh, we're not judged by our works. Yes, you are. In this day of the words of God, you're judged of whether or not we received the words and then became doers of them. This is the time of the end. This is when He says, and. Um, Hebrews ten twenty six to 27 that no longer will willful sin be just written off. No, he says he's going to punish it at this time. So we've got to be careful at this time. He says, now to you I say, and to the rest of Thyatira, as many as do not have this doctrine, who have not known the depths of Satan, as they say, I will put on you no other burden. But hold fast what you have till I come. And he who overcomes and keeps my works... What is his works? His works was to come into the world and bear witness to the, to the truth, to the knowledge of the words of God. If you keep his works, his words, to you, I will give power over the nations. Because he said in Psalms 49:14 that in the morning of the day of the Lord, he's going to take away the dominion of the world and give it to his people, to the upright. He shall rule them with a rod of iron. The Lord is going to rule over us with a rod of iron for this time of the first half of the morning. And he says, "Will dash uh, the, all the people are going to be ruled by his words at this time. As he says in Zephaniah 3, 8 and 9, when he comes and divides them into his two kingdoms, all of them are going to walk with one shoulder. Some of them are going to walk in punishment by his words. Others are going to be walking in reward by his words. But they're all going to walk as one shoulder. They're going to be of the darkness. They're going to be able to light. And those of the darkness are going to be humbled and made ashamed and taken away all their power. power. And they will not be able to work. He says, as I have also received from my father, and I will give him the morning star. See, the Lord is going to refine us. He's going to remold us at this time. That's what he's talking about, dashed to pieces like a potter's vessel. He's going to get rid of everything. What the Lord said, he's going to give us a new heart, a heart of flesh, which is the words of God within us. And we won't think the way we did. We we will have true love. We won't have this hatred and violence that's in us. We won't have this vengeance that people desire. It'll be love. And he's coming to do that for us if we're ready. And he says he will give him the morning star. He's, that's the morning star, the son of righteousness, which is the full measure of the seven spirits of God, the authority to call upon his spirit so that we can bring forth the, not, the works of God that glorify him. The, the whole creation is waiting for the sons of God to arise. The sons of God are those in John 10, 34 to 37. It says to those whom the word comes, the morning star comes, they shall be called sons of God. In other words, the little gods. They're going to be like little gods because they'll be able to speak the words and the works will be done. You know, this thing about Lydia, Lydia and all these places that have the king of Lydia on the coin and Jesus, even Caesar, it was all Caesar at that time, uh, with these faces, the coins, that's to advertise their king. You're not going to have that at this time. When, when, When you want to do a work, you don't need the gold. You'll build a temple out of the gold. You'll make streets out of gold and things like that. But the words are more valuable than gold and silver. They bring forth the food from the earth. They bring forth things. You, you can build things with the words and do the way of the words. And it'll be, the earth will bless you and bring forth all these things. You need iron, it'll come forth. The words are going to be given in the full measure of the Spirit of God. And how did he, when he made the full measure of the Spirit of God, God made the whole creation. Did he need gold and silver to do it? No. The words are more precious, more valuable in this time. You need to understand that and think on that. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. That's the truth about this four churches, the counsel of the Lord. You're going to be able to speak like the Lord and do the works of the Lord because he's going to put a new stone in you, a new work that you'll know and you'll have authority to call upon the word of God, a white stone with wisdom and understanding and knowledge and you will not gloat you will not brag you will not boast you'll walk humbly before your god in great power lord we thank you and father we ask you lord to help the people to understand the works of these churches lord let them understand why you put them in lydia dear lord pointing to the fact that you've always been ready to perform your word if they would come out of the way of the world that these churches were following and dear lord hear the truth and dig for the the nuggets of gold that are in these messages the nuggets of power, the nuggets of your word, that they, the spirit that's there, Lord, that's willing to cause us to know the words that we will ask you. And it says in Proverbs one twenty three, if we will turn to you and ask you, you'll pour out your spirit upon us and cause us to know your words more valuable than gold and silver. You, you'll be throwing your gold and silver and money into the streets. You will not want a pagan fiat currency that's worthless. You're going to want hold gold in your hand. God's going to bring all those treasures of gold to, to his kingdom, but they're not necessary to do the good things that you need. They're not necessary. The words are what you need to bring forth the good works. Even the words cause the evil ones to, to come to to bring forth what is necessary in the kingdom. God will use them to shame them. Dear Lord, you said, we must uh, cause these, um, beat these, these um, weapons into plowshares. People don't understand what that means, Lord, but we can speak to these things and they will form what we desire because you're going to do it like potter's vessels, even the equipment, dear Lord. What we ask and what we desire, dear God, shall be done for us. You said, dear Lord, we will follow in your way. In John 15:7 and abide in your words, what we desire will be done. This is that time, Lord. It's coming to this if we will set ourselves apart into your kingdom. Lord, we pray that people understand your counsel and they will desire it, Lord, and they will grow, dear Lord, set themselves apart from the world, receive the words of wisdom, get understanding, dear Lord, from you, and Lord, then get counsel. Father, we thank you, and we ask this in thy precious name. Amen.